0: and welcome to the Related to Geeks book club. This month's book is Warbreaker by Brandon Sanderson. And we're going to jump right into this because I literally just finished this thing. (laughs) (laughs) True to the tradition.
1: (laughs) I read it twice. Uh, Once I read the actual text on my Kindle and uh, then Vivian and I uh, did an audiobook which is a kind of a new thing to me. Uh, reading an audiobook all the way through it is a group activity you know it can be a group activity unlike reading text um, but it was it was different. It was a lot different listening to it than it was reading it.
0: So I have a question when you read it, did you read the the version that you linked that was the uh Creative Commons version uh yes. Okay,
1: uh, maybe so how I how much
0: that differ, do you know?
1: I don't think it differs. I, I read the, the, the latest one. He has mm-hmm. other ones, you know, earlier versions, if you want to go back into reading his earlier yeah. versions of it. but uh,
0: I, I may be wrong, because I'm not sure if I kept up with all of this uh, uh, correctly, but I thought there was still a another couple of edits even after his latest version to his published version. His latest Creative Commons version still had a couple of edits before it was published.
1: And that's possible, and maybe we'll find out tonight. I did uh, check it out on Overdrive, um, Mm -hmm. uh, which would be the published version. Um,
0: I definitely noticed errors in what I read. Like at one point, a character was called by the wrong name, and it was very confusing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that was in the download version?
0: Yeah, that was in the version I read yeah, that you read. Yeah.
1: yeah, well, if you want to reread it sometime, get it on Overdrive. Um, uh, I couldn't really tell any difference, but I only read the, you know. And, of course, I read it a while back, so as far as remembering any differences listening to it, yeah. I, I don't. Um, I think the... Uh, the creative commons version is a fine version to read it may not be the final published i would have to do some research to find out whether it is or not
0: yeah i really think and one of the bits that i read about it it said that it was like the sixth edit of it Mm -hmm. that was that was what i read but that there was still a couple more planned before it was going to be released as a published book
1: Uh yeah and they were probably proofreading edits by that point
0: yeah yeah they were probably the ones that caught the where the guy had the wrong name listed i was
2: very confused (laughs) i'd have been amused
0: well, it didn't hell that I was like speed reading and all yeah. of a sudden Light Song was there and I was like, you weren't here before and then I realized that it wasn't actually Light Song. It was just the wrong name was <laughs> <laughs> used.
1: Um, well, uh, Sanderson does do that though. He uh, he doesn't uh, one character per chapter. It can be sort of a new paragraph and you're at a different person's point of view. Um, mm-hmm. There was an actual... Um, confusing place where you'd been following this one group and this other group but then they ended up meeting up in the tunnel and it was mm-hmm. all of a sudden whoop that's weird you know they're all here together now you know um, which of course yeah. happens happens <laughs> all, all the fine. time happens all the time that was not a continuity error or anything that was an actual device yeah. yeah
2: i
0: like i like multiple perspectives that's my preferred i like a lot of that convoluted nonsense
1: so I enjoy that Um, well a lot of the great fantasy is all uh, especially current is all um, uh, a chapter here a chapter there different people's points of views um, all over the place big epics but I actually love a novel that starts at the beginning and you follow one character and you get the whole story and then it ends (laughs) but (laughs) it's not the way fantasy's really done now and um of course m- uh, multiple points of view and multiple scenes of action are almost mandatory in a big epic thing
0: <laughs> so we've talked very broadly up until this point but about warbreaker specifically i'm gonna go with it was a solid
2: okay <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm that is. Your you're really a little more optimistic than I am, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were not a fan?
2: I was not a fan. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing I ever read, but it just. Uh, it was a struggle to get through it. it
0: I like some of the ideas. I don't know like i think the magic system is kind of neat i don't really understand it but i think it's kind of neat um i think the the commentary of gods living amongst mortals is always interesting and the different perspectives of that is always something that's fun to explore Mm -hmm. my problem with this book mostly has to deal with pacing and character turns that felt very forced. Um, and a whole lot of, oh, I've been betrayed, I shouldn't trust anybody anymore, and then <laughs> proceeds to trust everybody
2: that they meet from right Right. right. <laughs> yeah, I noticed some of that too. Especially with, um, oh, what's her name?
1: Vivanna. <laughs>
2: Vivenna,
1: yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, the the Vivenna character, and we always talk about character development, and she has a ton of it, but uh, unfortunately, it's all in the last chapter. Um, <laughs> she's really basically the same idiot all the way through until the very end. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, she's in one situation, another situation, and you can see she's learning, but she's not really changing, you know. So um, uh, according to the intent, I think her big changes were supposed to happen at the, in the cellar at the first major plot twist and when she was on the street. And then she sh- was supposed to be like a different person, but she wasn't. She was just the same idiot. But from that point, she did start to grow, and you could see that. Mm. Okay, here's my problem with the story after reading it and hearing it. And I had none of this problem reading it, reading it. I just read right through it, and it was very entertaining, and I really didn't have to deal with this. But when I heard it all spoken out, and some of the portions were very almost romance novel And or Saccharin and some of the etc and I felt like it was a pretty good Disney princess movie you know the one (laughs) princess she ended up being a queen and the other princess she ended up going off adventuring with Peacemaker himself I mean like uh, and (laughs) neither of them really showed a whole lot of character development. I mean, they were both idiots all the way through it.
0: Yeah. Here's my problem with the two sisters. Is that the the idea was oh, one's a free spirit and one's meant to be a ruler and then it flips them, right? At the end, one's the ruler and one's kind of more of the free spirit. But it doesn't actually like develop that properly to be really clever. It's just like they're kind of the same. I mean, I yes. felt like they, they felt very similar. The characterization of those two characters felt very similar. That it wasn't so much that one was this way and then became the other. And that's, which I think is kind of a, a lazy storytelling mechanic anyway, of having the two sisters that are destined for one thing um, and then turn out to be better yeah. in each other's roles or something like that. Um, yeah, I I also felt like there was a lot of abandoned storylines.
2: Uh-huh. Like
0: the sister's father, who's just a trash person, um, was kind of just never really...
2: That story
0: wasn't yeah. concluded in any way. Just, right. He made a decision in the beginning that affected these girls' lives and then they had to deal with all the consequences of that and you never really got any closure with that character.
2: This is true. Except that you kept wondering if he was really starting a war, you know, or or working on a, you know. Yeah. That was the whole undercurrent, was, you know, this war thing that never seemed to really, I don't know, manifest. To me, I
1: don't know. Um, there is an interesting switcheroo at the very end that is implied and not explicit. Is all along, Dant is the leader. He's the leader of the mercenary gang. There's Dant and Tao Kun uh, and the girl. Uh, I wish I could remember her name. Anyway, um, Jewel, yeah. Jewel and Dent and the the fat guy, Tao Ku or Tao Ka, and he was uh, Pong Yang, whatever that race is that Blue Fingers was, the original race, and he was that the whole way through. And then when you get the plot twist and you find out that the war factors are the uh pung young guys and they're working with Taoku, all of a sudden you it isn't dent that was the leader of that gang it was the tong fu guy he was the leader of the gang he was the guy working with uh blue finger they were both the same race he trying to start that war so that's my little character twist that was never explicit but i believe it's
2: true Mhm. There was always right turns and left turns It seemed like I mean. So
0: here's my thing I haven't read a huge amount of Brandon Sanderson I've read um, Two thirds of the Mistborn trilogy I still haven't finished it um, And that's the only other Brandon Sanderson I've read But based on this And based on what I've read before I... And assuming that the more Brandon Sanderson you read, the easier it is to predict Brandon Sanderson's twists. because hmm. I That's... feel like he crafts them in a very specific way to where if you learn to look for the signs, you'll see them coming.
2: Hmm. I don't know. I have read very little of, yeah.
0: I, and I don't necessarily think that that's a, a negative thing if the twists feel like they're earned. I think the problem in this is, like, a lot of the twists didn't really feel earned to me. Um, like, I didn't really care much about the twists with dent or blue fingers or really any of that. Um, it just... I, I think my biggest problem with this Is that there there appears to be maybe a need for a little bit more connection with some of the characters yeah I feel like that the stuff wasn't interwoven enough for my personal tastes and it for a lot of the book it felt like kind of three separate narratives that really didn't have influence on each other the way that I expected them to eventually have influence on each other Um, like I really kind of expected stuff to start coming to a head way sooner than it did and then when stuff finally did come to a head and these characters started overlapping oops oops, over yes
1: (laughs) yeah and there were opportunities for that the only character that really um, um, was seen by two of the groups was Vasher Um, uh, but there were opportunities for Vivenna or um, her sister to see each other they were in the same place several times Siri or vivenna I mean they could have seen each other there could have been something happened there or maybe it was her but instead when she shows up when Vivenna shows up on the roof at the very end after it's definitely past the end of the day and why here the two sisters are finally getting together and siri's surprised to see her you know and why did we have to have that going on there was the second princess that everyone was talking about you know mm-hmm. and somehow siri didn't know about that you know um so it's uh i think there is one example there where it could have been more densely interwoven
0: Well, at least I'm glad that that, to know that I wasn't alone. I was just like, am I just missing something in this book? When I was reading it, I was just like, not super excited about this book.
2: (laughs) Well, the whole cutting the tongue out thing (laughs) was where my downslope started. (laughs) So I'm just going, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. You're going to cut your uh, king or whatever he was. I forget now what they called him. The God king. king. The God King. Uh, you're going to cut his tongue out, so it's going to make a difference. Yeah.
1: It makes a difference if you have to have a spoken element to your magic. Unfortunately, the God King doesn't is the one person who didn't have to have a spoken. He was supposedly so high he didn't even need that, but they never trained him. You know. So there's a lot of holes there.
0: But, but even when he does get, like, his tongue back at the end and has that, he doesn't really do anything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he swirls the cloths around and saves everybody and whoops everybody. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> it's It seemed to me like instead of Asher and Vivenna just, okay, we gave them those statue army and... Now we're going to leave. Maybe Vasher, the guy who is really brilliant at all this stuff, could have helped the God King out a little, get his feet on the ground or something. (laughs) Yeah, but instead they're off to get that last guy. He's got to kill. He's got to be the last of the five scholars because it's kind of like Highlander. (laughs) There can be only one of the five scholars yeah and so he's he's the good was. guy and he killed all those <laughs> he killed all of yeah. them <laughs> oh well the best very early on okay. in this
0: book, i had a theory that basher was the god king um which technically still kind of correct
1: <laughs> yes yeah, still kind of correct yeah um uh i will give sanderson this in this story is that the uh nightblood characters just wonderful and would be great in a disney yeah. movie i mean to have the night a, a disney movie usually wouldn't have be that dark there's a lot of dark stuff in some disney cartoons but uh <laughs> um but that nightblood's pretty dark um uh but he would be uh i mean and then there is so much in the writing that was cinematic almost like well, oh, maybe Disney will pick this one up because <laughs> you can just see all those swirling cloths, special effects, and the, oh, and there was a little uh, plot problem at the end too, where um, uh, Danton and uh, Vasher are dueling, and Vasher goes out the window, you know, and instead of just going back up the side instead he has to run through a thousand troops and kill them all to get there and then levitate up through through the um i I don't understand i didn't quite get that he wasn't really looking for a sword he found a sword you know but uh, everyone else was going up the side even vavenna went up the side but somehow vasher this guy who's goes up the sides of stadiums and all that without any problem, can't you know, get back there to fight damp without killing a thousand people first. Anyway. <laughs> I I really liked the book. I really I thought it was very entertaining. I read it twice and the second time listening to it I could see where there were parts that would be slow for me or whatever um i don't um really scan and skip when i'm reading but i do read faster and slower i think
0: so here's the part that drives me bananas i don't mind exposition i think (laughs) exposition has a place um this book is incredibly front-loaded with exposition to the point where like there's just little pockets of action, and then there's like a tease of action at the end, but even the action at the end isn't that much action. Um, but here's what really bugs me. You have a book that's already loaded down with this exposition, and then you finally start to get to the action, and then they pause the action for more
2: exposition. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you understand it before you get there. <laughs> we're like we're running for our lives, but
0: first, let's stop and talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> here's how it's actually been working, and here's why you should trust the priests. And I'm just like, you're still running for your lives, guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's still like legitimate threats going on.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that was um, very in character for Siri to um value talking over saving her life (laughs) of course she did work through the issue (laughs) when during that (laughs) that stupid exposition period yeah and sanderson is um very capable of hiding his exposition in action and when vivian and i started to listen there was a point where that happened and um, I uh, when we were done listening to that chapter i talked to vivian about how there was hidden exposition there you know you just read it like an action pass passage but you kind of got a little bit of a tweak about how the magic worked from the way the action ran and that's the way i prefer yeah. exposition. i hate exposition um i particularly hate any time one character turns to another and starts telling that other character Everything the reader needs to know. <laughs>
0: uh huh. <laughs> I I think exposition in general, if it's woven into a, in a way that feels believable, has a has a really like smart like place in in the book. I think it it's good. Um, and I don't mind conversational exposition if it seems organic. I like. I like expositions that usually is more what I would call planning exposition or stuff like that where they're just trying to discuss and hash out ideas and plans and you can blend in some You can blend in some background or some, you know lore of some sorts into that conversation with with while making it still pretty organic um, And I I will say uh, Brandon Sanderson does quite a bit of that in the uh, uh, Final Empire in the first Mistborn series it, or book and uh, it's uh, like just a group of guys who are just sitting around and talking for the longest time and it's super dialogue heavy and there's a lot of world building and exposition trickled throughout but I remember listening to that section and absolutely adoring it when I listen to the audio book for that. Um, So I think Brandon Sanderson can do like the example that you had at the beginning of this book and the example that I had, he can do exposition really well and I guess, I don't know, like I feel like this book um, really soured me on Brandon Sanderson even though I know that Brandon Sanderson is capable of writing better stuff than this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, after you... uh Of course if you've read the Mistborn and you should read the third one but then you should read the Wayne and Wax Uh, that's my I think that's the Brandon Sanderson most entertaining the second Mistborn trilogy Um, but um, uh, Stormbreaker or whatever uh, Oathbreaker uh, that series that's excellent too Um, uh, Mm -hmm. and um, Edge Dancer is part of that series and Edge Dancer is one of my favorite Sanderson characters in Oathbreaker there's a little bit of that oh these are the lead characters and aren't they special Um, that (laughs) that happens in the princess's story you know everybody ends up being it's like um, Brandon Sanderson's uh, superhero trilogy everybody ends up being a superhero they didn't know it but they all end up being superheroes you know it's Kind of like, eh, we didn't really need to do that, you know. <laughs> but, you know, if you're going to write a princess story, uh, one of them needs to end up being a queen, and one of them needs to be uh, adventuring around with a amazing individual. Um, <laughs> I think I think the whole sure. <laughs> running through the whole Basher killing all those troops, trying to get back to Vivana and damp um was to show us how much Vasher loved Vivenna. Um, I don't know. It's a that was a that was a plot issue for yeah.
0: me. I oh, I had so much issue with the romance in this book and there's quite a bit of romance in this book. Too but much like both what is one is just straight up Beauty and the Beast. Um it's not particularly original or interesting. It's Uh, Oh I'm forced to to Marry this person And then oh we're actually In love and I'm just like I don't like that story But not nearly As bad as the Oh I just trusted this guy and it turned out That he was using me this whole time So now here's this other guy Who's super suspicious I'm going to fall in love with him like immediately (laughs) 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 I'm just like What are you doing
1: yeah no growth (laughs) she learned something but no growth
2: yeah (laughs) there was so many twists and turns ups and downs um, that made no sense to me (laughs)
0: yeah like a lot of I hate this term but a lot of subversion of expectations except (laughs) that None of it was earned. None of it, like, really felt particularly well foreshadowed or planned out in a way that I'm just like, oh, I could see how that was leading to that. Because I love, like, nine times out of ten when I'm reading or watching anything, I'm just overanalyzing it to the point where I've come up with just about every outcome that I can think of. And this one surprised me a couple of times. But not in a way that I felt was particularly
1: clever. <laughs> um, the exception. The character that did show growth. The most interesting character in the story. And the character of the story is really about. Is Lightsong. Who Hi. showed development all the way through. And who did surprise you with his trick at the end. The same trick Vasher used. But somehow Vasher got to do it and not die. You know. Um, but uh, when he healed uh, the God King's tongue, he changed the outcome and gave up his life for the second time. And you got all that backstory all when they were in prison. Um, so I like Latson. song. Um, I hated Blush Weaver, but I knew she wasn't I mean, I wasn't surprised when she wasn't the bad guy, you know. But uh, that was all a setup. You were supposed to not like Blush Weaver. You could tell that was coming. But I liked Lightsong all the way through. He was uh, pretty intelligent. You know, he had an interesting storyline.
0: I, yeah, I never once even realized that they were trying, like, she was just so obviously not the bad guy to me that I never even realized that that was something that they were trying to go for. (laughs) that I was supposed to believe that she was the ultimate... I was just like, no, she's harmless. (laughs) Never once.
1: (laughs) Yeah, when she Um. showed up in prison, then you knew, well, it's not her that's doing it. And then they killed her, so you were pretty sure there were people worse than her around. Yeah, she was being used.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, I, I... I feel like... Light Song... Light Song's a good example of how one of the more predictable story arcs is still the most satisfying. Um, and the, there's, there's a debate like, you know, on whether or not when writing a story, if it's okay to write a story that's predictable or to write a story that fans have already predicted. I think George R. R. Martin has talked about this a lot when it comes to Game of Thrones is that at this point, they've predicted every possible ending for the book series, and now obviously you even have the context of the show and how the show ended to give you even more blatant, like, this is this is the direction that George R. R. Martin was intending on going. And he talks about how you don't change stuff just because it's predictable or fans have guessed it, um, if that was your intent. And I feel like the other storylines have those twisty bits or have those conclusions to the stories that weren't Foreshadowed quite the same way that Light Song's story arc was foreshadowed and kind of makes sense as a cohesive story arc. Um, Like, I mean, very early on, it was talking about the petitions, right? And how Mm -hmm. he hated the petitions and how he hated, like, all of this and how it was all building to this ultimate sacrifice he made at the, like, all of that is super predictable very early on that, ah, yeah, he's totally gonna be the hero at the end of this story that sacrifices and saves somebody. Yeah. Um, but still, probably the most satisfying story arc out
2: of all of the characters.
1: Yeah, and um, Sanderson managed to use the magic system, um, a, in surprising ways in the action, and I I liked that. I liked the magic system a lot Mm hmm i am glad of one thing i mean i'm not convinced he's ever going to do a sequel but at least he set up the sequel to be vasher and vavana and not siri and the god king
0: Mm Mm-hmm. although i do feel like it was weird that we didn't get a little bit of an epilogue for them as well (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was just like (laughs) Then we realized two more interesting characters were and decided to focus on them alone. Um <laughs> Also scary, also kinda of the worst. Like totally like for a bit there was just like, yeah, let's just let all of my people get attacked and run out of their hometown without trying to defend them. <laughs> Like a serious consideration she made. <laughs> It's just like, yeah, probably a lot of them will die, but some of them will escape. Let's go with that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know. (laughs) Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and sometimes you just die.
0: (laughs) The magic system, I think, is pretty interesting, and I did like the way that... Basher kind of got the upper hand in that final conflict with Bint by giving him all of the power basically just to kill him. Which is a a cool like twist of the way that that power works. Kind of making yourself more vulnerable in a way to get the upper hand. Which I
2: think Mm. is pretty clever. Only if it works.
0: (laughs) Only if it works, but... (laughs) At the same time, he also was, like, way more powerful than anybody knew at that point, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) it probably would have worked out no matter what. (laughs) I think as Dick said, at one point, he was just like, he's falling from the third floor to his doom, of course he's going to (laughs) survive.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's who that character is.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I haven't read a lot of Brandon Sanderson's work, so yeah. I think this is the second book I've ever read by him, so
0: If this had been the first book that I had read by Brandon Sanderson I'd be like, what the what the heck is all the buzz about Brandon Sanderson? I don't get it uh-huh. um, I get it from reading what I've read of, of Miss Gordon
2: mm-hmm. why,
0: why, why he is praised as much as he is This book, I don't think would have sold me on Brandon Sanderson even a little bit
2: I'm not sure. I had some difficulty wading through. I have, I have to admit that it was um, a lot of twists and turns constantly. I think
0: it w-
1: it wouldn't have turned me off to Brandon Sanderson because I like to read a lot of books that are just kind of got a lot of action and go on and have stuff happening and things to think about and all that, you know, um, and so. I'm not demanding in that the books have to be great all the way through or can't have problems, but uh, it's it's not near as good as his good trilogies. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really realize that reading it. I only really realized that hearing it, which is an unusual, um, and it could be because when I read it, I was first time through, you know, but yeah hearing it um all that um uh romance story background especially with the god king and siri i mean he'd write you know fairly long chapters and there'd be three or four different scenes you know but then the longest chapter of all was dialogue between the god king and siri and that would never work in a movie with him writing and you reading what he's writing and all that you know um it works surprisingly well in text. Didn't work well in audio, you know. Um, uh, in text, you actually are reading both what the God King writes and what Siri says, so it's not as cumbersome. So, summing it up, not Brandon Sanderson's best novel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I
0: could, I could say that. For certain, me not reading very much Brandon Sanderson, I'm going to be like, yeah, this is not not his best work. Yeah, just kind of underwhelming altogether.
1: It's a pivotal chapter in The Cellar when her friend oh, yeah. is dead. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's such a weird... Oh, and that poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> what a terrible character. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he was actually a great character just to be killed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What a terrible use of a character, I guess, is what yeah. really what it is. Like, I mean, and he doesn't even, like, amount to anything. Uh, it's uh, uh, I don't even yeah. remember his name. He was that yeah. unimportant, even though he was set up to be,
1: you know... The big reveals. One of the
0: major,
1: Yeah. The major uh, plot uh, twist. That was the major plot twist. The first half of the book, Dent was the good guy and Vasher was the bad guy. The second half of the book, after the seller. Vasher was a good guy, and Dent was obviously the bad guy. Standard plot twist, <laughs> in some ways. Well, George Martin is uh, famous for it, you know. You hate a guy, and then you love the guy, and then you hate the guy, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like doing the trope of the good mercenaries that aren't actually good is, I don't know, like I felt like, what was the, there's a, there's kind of a reverse of this that I also don't like, which is the, like the hired spy or the hired mercenary that ends up falling in love or showing compassion to the protagonist. Uh-huh. At the at the end. Um, very, you know, huntsman from uh is it Snow White? I don't know, I'm getting all of my Disney movies mixed up. Um, but that kind of story, like hired to do a job and then shows compassion. Um, and I don't like that either. But to show it as clearly a compassionate or a more um we don't like the stereotypes of mercenaries, mostly because they're true kind of arc that we had here. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't very clever either. I think what really came down to is I ended up liking characters that felt wasted in the end, and then the characters I didn't really care for were the ones that won. (laughs) that were the the heroes or the victors at the end of the story. The characters that I actually found interesting either didn't go anywhere or went that I really didn't enjoy or thought was well planned out and then with the exception of maybe Light Song, pretty much all of the other characters I didn't find interesting enough to be invested in at the end of this story. Because I thought the mercenaries were actually pretty interesting characters and I really (laughs) liked blue fingers of all of the like i liked him i thought he he was gonna be way more interesting than he turned out to be than just the oh i'm the villain
1: yeah and and as soon as you switched the lamp on any of those they went they went from being okay to being that you flip the switch and they were bad but they were evil torturers and you know and sacrifice virgins and all that you know i mean i mean where's that coming from you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it is a, a interesting thing that the scribes were able to engineer a revolution.
2: I think there's a song about that
1: <laughs> there's a saying about it. The pen is mightier than the sword <laughs> that's not what the I think saying meant
0: with the oh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh. I can't remember the sword's name. What is the sword's name?
1: Uh. Nightblood.
0: Blood. Nightblood, yeah. Blood yeah. That's what I was
1: thinking. Blood yeah. yeah, and that uh, little sojourn where they threw nightblood in the ocean and then the fisherman was out doing some night fishing and he picked up the sword and then nightblood ended up finding his way to Vivenna. Um, I thought that was... A, Interesting and clever part. So, out of the story, the good characters are Nightblood and Lightsong. And the rest of the characters yeah. are fairly uninteresting. Even the heroes, <laughs> like you say. Especially the God King. Not particularly interesting.
0: Yeah. So, as I said, it gets a solid. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, are we doing Armada next?
1: Um, it's on the website. You want me to check? I don't have my.
0: Yes, I do have. My I can't remember. Open. I think we decided Armada next, but I don't want to announce it if we're in fact doing okay. Gilgamesh. Okay. I need to find a copy of Gilgamesh that we can chair. Like a okay. version of it. Let's a chair.
1: The chair. We can share a chair.
2: A chair a chair, chair.
1: The official says Armada by Ernest Klein and then Gilgamesh.
0: Okay, that's what and I And it's thinking.
1: August seventeenth. Armada?
2: Mm-hmm. As in boats.
1: Haven't read it, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: that's what an armada is, isn't it?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: So with that, that concludes our discussion of Warbreaker by Brandon Sanderson. We will be back again on August 17th. I believe is what Dad just told me, but question mark? Yes. Um, We will be discussing Armada by Ernest Cline and it has something to do with ships, maybe. (laughs) 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 That is the official book summary.
1: And the um, uh, related to geeks book club group can be found at GamerPlus.org. A great site for gaming.
0: <laughs> Mom, you gotta you gotta plug something now. What do you got to plug?
2: Tom. <laughs> Gosh, I don't, I don't know. I think I was ready to pull a plug rather than to plug.
0: Well, on that note. <laughs> I'm not in this now.
1: All that time we spent <laughs> listening to Warbreaker, I was not editing podcasts.
2: I think he wants a pat on the back. I'm not sure.
0: (laughs) All right. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.
2: Bye.
1: (laughs) I hope I can make that ending as funny as it was. You have been listening to the Related to Geeks Book Club, recorded July 20th, 2020, on the Inspired Unreality Open Game Chat held at Tinker's Tavern on Discord. For more about our geeky family, visit RelatedToGeeks.com. For more information about Inspired Unreality, visit Gamer Plus, a social network for gamers, at GamerPlus.org. Megan, Vivian, and Larry discuss Warbreaker by Brandon Sanderson. Music for this show is At the Speed of Love by Paul Nunes from the Bebop Beatmix album.